You're listening to The Sigron Show, episode number 348. In this episode, I talk to Dr. Angela Loria about how to write your book in only 40 hours. Welcome to The Sigron Show. I'm your host, Sigron, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. In today's episode, I speak with Dr. Angela Loria, the founder of The Author Incubator. In the last six years, she has helped over 1,000 authors write, publish, and promote their books. Angela is author of five books herself, including her most recent one called Make and Back to Work for You. She has a BA and an MA in Journalism and Media Affairs and a PhD in Communications. If you have ever wanted to write your own book, you're absolutely going to love this episode. Before we dive in, it is time to talk about the Self-Made Summit. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while or followed me online, you know that my biggest and boldest project to date is a conference for female entrepreneurs in Iceland in June 2020. A couple of weeks ago, we opened up tickets for a VIP notification list, and now you can get your ticket. The Self-Made Summit is one-of-a-kind business conference for big ideas, bold action, supported by the breathtaking landscape of Iceland. You'll experience two transformative days with 12 amazing speakers that come from all over the world to share their stories with you, to tell you exactly how they became self-made and how you can do it too. Beyond success stories, this conference is about you, about you believing in yourself and stepping up as the role model that you were meant to be, because we cannot have another generation of girls growing up in the belief that they cannot do it. At the Self-Made Summit, you'll believe if she can do it, I can do it, and you'll walk away full of energy to take action. Early bird tickets for Self-Made Summit are now available until December 1st, 2019. Go to the show notes at sigrun.com forward slash 348, where you can find out more about the Self-Made Summit and secure your early bird ticket, plus all the links to Dr. Angela and her author, Incubator. I'm so excited to be here with Dr. Angela Loria, and she's wearing red. I don't know if she chose red for me or if she just likes red, but it's a very you know, gives a good impression, good first impression to meet someone I've never met before and interviewing on my podcast and is wearing red. So thank you for coming on the show, Dr. Angela. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad I'm on brand. I will tell you, I was like channeling you when I was getting ready for this interview. I'm like, how can we feel more connected? So we give people a a ton of really good information on today's show. Beautiful. So we're already off to a good start being on brand. And I'm so excited to have you on the show to talk about how to write your book in the fastest way possible. And I know you have a very special method to get it done faster than I've heard from anyone else. So we'll dive into that. But before, I always love 
a little bit of background story. So before you helped people write their books, which is what you do today, you said to me earlier, you started this about six years ago, this particular business, but you have been helping people write their books way before that. So how far do we need to go back to start that journey? Senior year at university, my last three months in university, I got my first job working on a book. So that was in 1994. Ah, crazy. And you mentioned one of my kind of special recipes is helping people write their book in somewhere between 24 and 48 hours. That actually is part of my background. So I was a ghostwriter for 17 years. And as a ghostwriter, you generally get paid half of your fee up front and then half when you turn in the manuscript. Sometimes it's a third, a third, a third. So a third up front, a third with half of the manuscript and a third when you finish it. But in order to get my monies and pay my rent, I had to learn how to write books quickly and efficiently. And I was able to take what I did with 29 books that I ghost wrote over 17 years And now my authors, and actually I'll tell you a fun stat. We have 1,111 books by 888 authors. Right now, we just hit that number this week, 888 authors. And most of them have used the method that I teach to write your book in 24 to 48 hours that I learned as a ghostwriter. So it's kind of cool how it all comes together. But from 94 until... 2011, 2010, 2011, I was a ghostwriter, an editor, a proofreader. I did marketing for books. I was hired by Random House to write the blurbs that celebrities write, the little endorsement blurbs. Turns out the celebrities don't write them. People like me do. I did that at 25. Shocker. Shocking, shocking information. Yep. I wrote um, book dust jacket copy. So the back cover copy and the flap copy. I did that as a freelancer. So I did everything in the world of publishing except for design, everything writing and editing related. And then in 2010, I went to a conference where I was going to write my own book for the first time and kind of tell a story about our family we host exchange students and we have this amazing experience with an exchange student from Argentina. And I wanted to write this book about it. And I went to a writer's conference and everybody there was a life coach or they were an expert in the personal development space. And they all wanted a ghostwriter. And I was like, oh, this is so much more fun than writing technology books. At the time, I was writing a book called Windows Server Backup 2.0. Not very sexy. And I had just done a book on identity theft. And I did all these like technology books that weren't that interesting. So in 2010, I started doing ghostwriting and marketing for self-help books, personal growth books, business books, but in the, in the self-help kind of space. And then in 2013, I got the idea to start the author incubator and help people do that on a bigger level. I was just working for those three years with, I don't know, one or two clients at a time. Because when you're ghostwriting, you can only work with so many people. And I was able to expand it. So now we have, it's still pretty small, but we work with about 400 authors a year who want to get their book written, want to get it in bookstores. We help them. We actually act as agents, get them book contracts, 
We do all their book marketing for them. We've got a team of about 45 people that help in all aspects of writing, promoting, and publishing your book. Now I'm super curious. You say you went from being a ghostwriter, barely making your rent in the beginning, writing technology books. And then by going to this conference, you realize, well, it's more fun to help people write about personal development than business based on their experience and frameworks. And you were writing their books first yourself. And now you have a team of 40 people. Like how did that like happen? Supply and demand. (laughs) Um, When I started, it was just me. So I did all the editing. I did all the, I would hire designers from Upwork or Fiverr or whatever. But other than the design, I did everything. So I did the structure of the book and the marketing of the book and all of the editing and all the proofreading. And I was doing, maybe my first year I did 40 authors In a year alone, but over the course of a year. And I probably pulled a hundred all-nighters. Like it was a lot. And I remember being on like vacation and not seeing more than the inside of my hotel room. Cause I was like, I would go to dinner on vacation and the rest of the time I was working. So I just thought I needed to hire more me's. So if I could just like photocopy myself and have like three or four me's. So I had a lot of false starts with hiring, thinking I could just hire someone just like me and they could do everything I did. And it failed miserably. I think the reason why we have a team of 45 now is we took my job and broke it up into smaller, more specialized roles. So I have a background in search engine optimization. And one of the reasons why our books sell so well is I really optimize the keywords and the categories to make sure the books get in front of the largest audience. But having somebody who could do that level of marketing and then also edit a manuscript well, and then also do the emotional coaching through the writer's block, those were such different skill sets that now we have somebody who specializes in search engine optimization and we have a writing anxiety coach, somebody who's like amazing at writer's block and that's all he does. Then we have somebody on our team who just does the schedule for calls and recordings and all of the logistics. And I was just doing that as part of what I did. So I had to break my job up into 45 different jobs. You know, one of those is paying the bills. I used to pay all the bills myself. Now I have somebody who does accounts payable, but that's one job. Like the person who's doing editing is not also paying the bills. Yeah. Yeah. But this is, this is a typical thing that entrepreneurs need to go through. Like we are generalists. That's why we're entrepreneurs. And then we start to hire people and we expect them to be a copy of us that that doesn't work. So, but still going from hiring one person to 45, that has taken several years, but you know, was it scary? to start to kind of multiply yourself or at least break your roles into pieces and start to say, well, I need five people instead of hiring just one? Yeah, it uh, really kicked off about 18 months ago in June. So about, about a year and a half ago, I realized, oh, this trying to photocopy myself thing is not working. And I had an employee who was like a super junior employee and she was super young But she just like sat me down over lunch and was like, hey, if you're going to do this, the only way you're going to be able to build a team and keep people 
is if you give them very specific jobs with very clear boundaries. And I was like, well, that's not possible. It's not that kind of movie. Like, it's not possible. And she just really challenged me. I just wrote a book called Make Them Beg to Work for You. And I dedicated it to this employee who's now basically our general manager. And um, she just kept pointing me in a super uncomfortable direction that seemed too expensive. And how would we be able to afford it? And how would we find these people to now having a team? Our mantra is sane, simple, and systemized. And everything is as streamlined, sane, simple. Everybody has a really good balance of work time and personal time. There's no emergencies. And it's really hard because one of the things one of the reasons we have a 99.6% success rate. Basically, if you sign up to work with us, as long as you stay alive for nine weeks, your book will get done. But we don't do any special exceptions. Like we have a very exact process we follow and there's no flexibility. If somebody wants something their way, they should go do it themselves. We know our way works as long as we follow our process. And that creates really clear, safe. There's no 2 a.m. emergencies in our company. There's like the way we do things, when we do them, how we do them. And that gets me like the best employees in the world. That is so good. When you basically said, trust the process. So people that want to work with you, and it's similar for me because I always use this mantra. We have a hashtag in my Facebook groups, trust the process. Trust the process. We do too. <laughs> so anytime someone is out of line, I don't even need to say anything or even that my team, other members will say, trust the process. Yep. We have the exact same thing. It's like, we know this one works. We could invent a new way to write books, but like, I don't know that that new way will work. And I already have a way that works. So I don't want to invent a new way. Let's do this one. Yeah. And you have the credibility now to back it up. It's not like you're just saying it to say it, like you can actually well show there are so many hundreds of books having been produced this way. So when you say that you were a ghostwriter and now you've hired this, this huge team of supporting you to help people write their books, who is actually writing the book now? Uh, it's the authors. And there's a very specific reason. In those three years when I was doing ghostwriting for experts, what I found my ghostwriting did was it turned me into the expert. I was confident about whatever the issue was, relationships or weight loss, whatever the book was, but the author didn't even know their shit. Your book in a lot of ways is the process and I extracted it. So I would interview you and I would get your process and I'd write it down. But then when someone hired you to do the process, you wouldn't do it because you didn't even know you had a process. I know you have a process. I know what it is. I could teach it, but you didn't know. So we take whatever you're doing and turn it into a framework with you. But we have you do the actual writing because that's where you're becoming the person who wrote the book instead of me becoming the person who wrote the book. Then people want to hire me to help them do whatever. Becoming the person that wrote the book. I like that. That's really the key because you can have the knowledge, but if you're not already the person who wrote the book before you write it, you will sabotage it. My first 30 authors, their books got done. They didn't mess with my success rate. 
but then they never coached or sold anything on what their book was about because they hadn't become the author of the book. I did. So you realized this after, I guess, these three years that this didn't work, like these authors wouldn't fly out and really benefit from their book in the same way that is really possible if you actually go through this process, like partly therapy and partly kind of like, oh, I actually do have a process. I didn't realize it. But now as I'm writing the book, I'll have to come up with my process. Yeah. And everyone says, I don't have a process. I'm like, but you do. You for sure do. And I know this because I was the same way. I had done 17 years of working one-on-one with people with their books. And every time was totally different. Everyone had a different personality. Some people were introverts. Some people were extroverts. Some people had a really personal book topic. Sometimes it was really technical. So I would sit down with a person and I would interview them. And then my brain would be like, how are we going to do this? And then I would come up with a proposal and I would give them a totally customized proposal. Then I would sit with them and write the book. And when somebody told me, hey, you're going to need a framework, I'm like, well, it's not possible with a book. It doesn't work that way. And it was actually my friend, my very first client, her name is Allie Cudby. And she like trusted me with a book before I had a process. We were on a beach in California, Half Moon Bay. And she's like, all right, but with all the books you've done, what are the things you always end up talking about? Like, pretend I'm one of your clients. What questions do you ask? What do you... And there were these 10 things that we found. Yes, there were some things that were customized when we got to that part, but there were 10 things that every single author I had worked with in 17 years, there were questions I just needed to answer. And that became my framework. And we just literally worked it out sitting on a beach. And I became instantly such a better coach overnight once I had a framework like that, the power of that of knowing when I got a client, I could see where they were, which steps they'd done, which ones they needed to do. I was so much more efficient by just admitting like, oh, there is 80% of what I do is the same for everyone. Some of it's custom, but most of it is like, if we're writing a book, we need to know what problem a book is solving. Like everyone has to do that. If we're writing a book, we have to know what the outcome we want is Before, I'm going to ask a client, what does success look like? We have to know that for every single book. So the resistance that I get from my clients on saying, yeah, but it's really different because I do therapy. So it's really, it's really different because I'm like, it's not really different. I know it's not. We're going to find it. Yeah. So a book has to solve a problem and it has to have an outcome. So what are the other kind of general pieces to it? Um, So one of the things that I would say, by the way, this is all in my book, The Difference, and people can get that on my, they can get it on Amazon, they can get it on my website, um, so you can read it. I'll link it, link it on the show notes, yeah. One of the steps is writing the book. So most people think the only step is writing a book, like I'm going to sit down, start writing, then I'll finish. So that's step seven, I think, is write the book. A lot of what you're doing at the beginning is identifying writer's block is going to come up. What are your techniques for managing it? So we call that focus your author mojo. We need to know in advance how you're going to handle it and not be like bummed when it happens. It's part of the process and there's a huge upside to it. So we have to have a strategy. One of the things that we do is we create your framework. Um, So that's one of the steps in the process. And when we do all this setup work, 
the reason it only takes about 40 hours for all of our authors to write a book is because everything's set up and what we're really talking about is typing. So uh, your listeners can do this quick little exercise. They can figure out how long it will take them to write a book. What I recommend is that people write for 30 minutes without stopping on why I want to write a book. Doesn't matter. Don't pick up your pen. Even if you're writing or typing, don't pick up your fingers. Even if you're typing, I'm not even sure what I'm supposed to be typing now, but 30 minutes isn't up, so I'm going to keep typing. So you're just going to keep typing for 30 minutes. If you answer the question, this is why I want to write a book or the way we have our authors do it is they imagine the book is done and they write an essay on why I wrote the book. So it's a little bit of a law of attraction. They're creating a vision at the same time. So one, of our, one of our steps is envision your success. And so we do that. And that often becomes the introduction for the book. So they write their why I wrote it before they even write it. Beautiful, beautiful. So the, for 30 minutes, yeah. And then you're going to get a word count. And that word count, let's just say, is 500 words that you wrote in a half an hour. For each chapter, you're going to have anywhere between 2,000 and 5,000 words. And you're going to take anywhere between two and five hours. We say two and four hours to write the book. So if you have 500 words in 30 minutes, you can get 2,000 words in two hours. That's one chapter. Your book is probably going to have around 12 chapters, which will be 24,000 words, and that's about the average. It might be 12 chapters of 5,000 words, which would be 60,000, but your book is going to be somewhere between 24,000 and 60,000 words. So what I do is I have you take your 30-minute writing test, multiply it times four. If that number is at least 2,000, that is your word count per chapter. And then you'll multiply that times 12, and it will tell you exactly how many words your book will be in advance. And if you do two hours per chapter and you have 12 chapters, that's 24 hours to write a book. So that's how we do it. And it's, everything's a time test. It's just like in college or in high school when you had like a timed essay test. Your, each chapter is a time test of somewhere between two to four hours. You set that based on how fast of a typist you are. We do a lot of author mojo work with your personality. Like, do you work better under pressure or more spaciousness? And we're not going to invent that for this. It's how you normally do it. If you're giving a speech... Are you writing it on your air, on the airplane on the way there? Because I am. Yep. You want two hours per chapter. Or are you somebody we call a plotter? Are you somebody who you're giving a speech a month beforehand, you write it, then you look at it a week beforehand, then you look at it a day beforehand. If you're somebody who needs more spaciousness, then we give you four hours. But you're going to schedule either two, three, or four hours per chapter. And we do a lot of the outlining the framework first, but it's almost always around 12 chapters. Might be a little bit more, a little bit less, but that's how we get uh, 40 hours to write a book. And almost all of our authors do it. That gets your first draft. Then we spend another 40 hours on editing. And we have a process for that we need to do another episode for. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. But 
that's fascinating that this is just like basically just typing time. So there must be a lot of prep up front. You have to know what you're writing in those 12 chapters. We defeat the blank page ahead of time. And so one of our, one of the steps that we do is creating an outline. We call it chapter summaries, but where you have a summary of what goes in each chapter, you have the purpose statement for each chapter and you have slugs. So you have 10 to 15 writing prompts that we've prepared in advance. So when you sit down with two hours, you don't need the internet turned on. You don't need to do any research. Everything's laid out in front of you and you just type it out. And out of the 12 chapters, like let's say someone has a framework of six steps. Is that somehow related to the chapters, the framework? Those are the six chapters in the middle. Ah. So we have a structure to get people into the book that has to do with your personality and your personal story. So there's three chapters up front. Then there's a section in the middle we call the book content. That's the meat of the book, which is your steps. And then we have a way to get you out of the book that has about a 16% chance of turning a reader into a lead. So after the steps, we're taking people who like the steps and turning them into prospects. We know for every hundred books that we sell or give away, our authors on average get one client. So we know exactly how many books to give away in order to get the right amount of clients. And most of our authors have offerings of $1,000 or more. Uh, 76% of our authors generate over $100,000 in the first year of having their book out. 20% 20% make 250000 or more. And then we always have a couple superstars that cross the million mark um, with their book in a year. Where are the authors on their journey when they come to write a book? So it's a variety, but my specialty is brand new people. So I do best if you have no website, no list, and you're converting Uh, to a new thing. So maybe you had a corporate job and you're converting to coaching, but you're doing a lot of the stuff you did in your job. You're starting a new business. You're a doctor and you're going to concierge medicine. You're a therapist and you're getting off insurance billing. That's where I tend to have my authors who hit 250,000 or a million in a year. If somebody is super established and they're at one, two, three million, and they want a book to enhance that and get more leads, what we do works, but other things would have worked too. Where a book is super transformational is if you're a newbie and you need both the confidence and the lead flow that a book can provide. That's where my results are like, holy shit. When I have clients that are at a couple million already, they get good results, they get a book, it looks pretty, we get it in bookstores but it doesn't have the same like changing people's lives effect that I do with newbies. So that's why I like people who are under $50,000, haven't figured out any of the technology, don't really know what they're selling, don't have a system or a framework. That's where I can really blow people's minds and change people's lives. Mm, I love that you say that because, you know, I help people take their business to seven figures, but sometimes it's that person that is further and just makes a huge transformation, which is more rewarding for a coach. You know, if someone comes to you and I know they can make a million, they can 
double or triple or quadruple their revenue. And I know they can do it. Like it's just the recipe. Like you say, it's framework. It's rewarding. Sure. But if it's someone that you're like, hmm, can I turn this person into a star and they don't believe it and i like not so sure, that is most rewarding for a coach. Yeah, I know. It feels like I'm on a makeover show. It's so fun. And like we have mostly women. So we're about um, 38% people of color, 33% LGBT, about 90% women. We do have some brave men who come in our program. Um, but I've seen them retire their husbands, buy beach houses, take their whole families on two-week vacations, and they go from being the one who was supporting everyone else and in the shadows kind of making dinner. I have a lot of like women that their kids are finally off at school and they're really ready to step into their own magnificence, and now they're the leader. Now they're the one like deciding where to go on vacation and creating these amazing experiences for their family. Now they're the ones saying, hey, we're going to get a personal chef or we're going to get a house cleaner because I really need to focus on my clients. And I see how their husbands or their partners step up. I see how their kids are like so proud of their moms. And that is just like, and how they're changing their clients' lives. One of our authors left her job as a lawyer and became a fertility coach. She had a baby late in life. I thought she was about 25 when she came to me. She was actually in her 40s and had a baby in her 40s. She has now in just like less than six months with us, she's had 24 clients get pregnant, 24 new babies on the planet. And the way her husband sees her and her son sees her and how different it is than being a lawyer, which I know she was an amazing lawyer because she's a star. But now she's like bringing life into the world. That's so cool to me to watch that. And that all started you being ghostwriter for technical books. And now you're changing people's life on a totally different level. Yeah, it's pretty, I feel really, really fortunate. And Everything I did, and like I would challenge your listeners to think of this too, is like everything I did in those 17 years, I wasn't particularly unhappy. I liked writing technical books. Like I was good at it and I liked it, but everything had such a bigger meaning. Everything that I ever did is used in this moment. I feel so prepared for the role that God, the universe source like had for me. And if I didn't spend those 17 years writing technical books, which made me a genius at frameworks and other people's frameworks, if I wasn't a ghostwriter, I couldn't do it. If I didn't come up at the time the internet was being built, so people were asking me to build websites, I wouldn't know SEO. I wouldn't know how to sell these books and get them into people's hands. Like Every single thing in my life has prepared me for this moment. And I just feel so grateful to be a vessel really for source to work through me. And when my clients come to me, I take it as a very like sacred honor. I know we have a soul contract. I know there's a commitment that I've made to be used as an instrument for peace on the planet. And I'm just like so grateful to have that opportunity. Very true. Everything prepares us for this moment. Yeah. And think about that. I always watch people come to me and they're trying to get rid of their past. 
right? They're like, oh, I hated technical books, oh, but I hated those tech guys. Like I hated that. And I'm like, oh, there's something in there. You weren't, it wasn't random that you were doing technical books. It wasn't random. Like if I could go back and talk to my old self, I would be like, this is all happening for a reason. Pay attention. Something in this you will need. Everything that's been given to you. The good stuff, the bad stuff, like you can use it right now for transformation. Don't try and like block out your past. It's there to prepare us for the future. And there is a red thread. Coming back to the color, there is a red thread in everything we do. It's been amazing to listen to you, share your journey and what you do for people. And how do people find you? Uh, We're going to link that all in the show notes, of course. Yes. So the author incubator, and it's weird because it has that little T-H-E, it's the author incubator.com. And then on the author incubator.com, there's a link called the library. So the author incubator.com slash the dash library has all five of my books for free. We talked today about the difference process, the 10 steps to writing a book that matters. So if people go there, they can get the book, The Difference, and read all 10 steps. We didn't have time to get into all of them. So Beautiful. That's perfect. And I encourage everyone to go there. She has a beautiful website. Thank you, Angela. Thank you for being on the show today. And I'm excited to hear about maybe some of our listeners becoming authors through your process. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Early bird tickets for the Self-Made Summit are now available until December 1st, 2019. Go to show notes at signal.com forward slash 348, where you can find out more about the Self-Made Summit and secure your early bird ticket, plus all the links to Dr. Angela and her author, Incubator. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your Insta story or Instagram post using my handle sigruncom and the hashtag sigrunshow. See you in the next episode.